Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Gojo. I'm Nick. I'm Tim. Today, we are going to talk about foreign film remakes, whether they're a good idea, which ones are better than the original, when the original's better than the remake, stuff like that. Um, then we are going to do a full review of Paul Greengrass's Captain Phillips. Uh, if you're just tuning in for the first time, because you heard me on the Breaking Bad podcast, The Ones Who Knock, thank you for joining us. Uh, sorry if I rambled about anything. Glad you're here to hear me ramble about more stuff. Just um, without limits this time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is my damn show. <laughs> Not being cut off of those rude people. <laughs> no. What were the um, names again? David Chen and Joanna Robinson. Yeah, well, anyway, thank they seem, them. They seem like gracious hosts. I, I thank them for, for having me on, and uh, I thank you for listening to this since I was on there. But uh, thank you for joining. That's it this week? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Anyway. Again. Yes. Um, so, feedback at MidwestFilmers.com. Let us know what you think about the show. We'd be glad to hear some some thoughts of new listeners and, uh, you know, Any, all that good any stuff. feedback is awesome. Yes, any feedback, negative, negative but hopefully constructive criticism would be good. Anything. So, let us know. Feedback at MidwestFilmers.com. Um, review and rate us on iTunes, too. Anyway, we'll get right into the show. Our first segment, we're going to talk about foreign films and remakes of those foreign films, as previously discussed. So, uh, we have Old Boy coming up, Spike Lee's Old Boy, uh, which was originally a uh, Chinese film? Korean, I believe. Yeah. Korean film. Yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, Park Chan-wook, right? Yeah. Um, so, we've gotten into this kind of, uh, there have been some of these movies that have been remade from uh, foreign markets that, uh, you know, some somebody goes, some studio says, hey, this would be great if we if it wasn't remade. so foreign. Yeah, this would be great if the audience didn't have to read it. <laughs> Something like that. And so sometimes they succeed in making an exceptional movie, other times they don't, and, uh, we just kind of want to delve into that topic. Maybe go over some movies that have had these remakes done. Um, has anybody seen the original Old Boy? Yeah, oh, hell yeah, yeah. yeah. And are you guys? I raised my hand. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys? Are you guys looking forward to the remake? I am. I don't know if Nick is. I am. The trailer. The trailer was good. I, the only reason I was and still am skeptical is Spike Lee, but I think it's one of those things where just personal feelings. Personal vendettas. On the human being art, yeah. <laughs> and but everybody in it is great, and they just released a few more stills from it, and Charlton Copley looks awesome in it. And, yeah, uh, he's the villain, right? Yeah. yeah. He's the, the cast, young boy? The cast, yes. He's the middle-aged uh-huh. boy. Okay. Um, no, I, I'm, <laughs> I I'm really looking forward to it. The trailer was really, really, really cool. Okay. It was, uh, it was a very good trailer. I have not seen the original, so... We need to watch that soon. Because I'm due I for a rewatch. I think it's at the main art, yeah. I think yeah. it is, yeah. This um, weekend. Yeah. Oh, boys. <laughs> old boys. <laughs> old, old boys. All right. So, all right. That's. We can move on to movies that, that, you know, we have possibly seen both of or, you know, some of the more high profile movies. Tim, I know that you've seen, you know, both sides of a few different. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean. It's interesting to me. A lot of the more interesting ones to me are the ones that are basically like shot for shot. Yeah. Like remakes. Like I was thinking of like Funny Games, Psycho, Psycho. Well, Psycho's not, not foreign, foreign, but yeah, still domestic. <laughs> but, but like no, Funny Games and Let the Right One In. Okay. Or let me yeah. in. 
I know those are, I mean, they're pretty much the same, and it's, and that's what's kind of interesting to me, because that's kind of the question I always have, is, like, is it, because you're right, they remake them because some people aren't going to watch something with subtitles. This has subtitles. (laughs) As as three of the four of us here have worked at a video store, we've all had that happen to us at some point. And obviously, but... I mean, I have to read this movie? (laughs) And obviously... If I knew how to read, I wouldn't have rented the movie. I'd rent the book. (laughs) But they made a place where you could rent books. <laughs> People in, in Metro Detroit area are stupid, is what we're saying. And that's the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Right, thank you. Yes, we've offended enough of. Uh, no, anyway. But, but I know. And this is where I'm going to try to play. But, like, there are some people that I know are going to like Old Boy. Like, if they watched Old Boy, they would like the story. And they probably wouldn't watch it otherwise. And is it wrong to make. In English, like, so people will watch it. You know, I, like, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I just think it's kind of an interesting question because I, at one point, I'm like, yeah, this is kind of pointless because it's the same movie. But on the other hand, I'm just like, well, I mean, if it gets more eyeballs to the I'm, art, then I don't know. Honestly, just, I, I mean, I won't avoid a film because of subtitles, but if I have to read the movie, then I'm not watching the movie. Yeah. I'm watching the words. So That's there's so much you miss if you can if you only have to watch it through subtitles. Yeah, like I, I was I kinda wanna go through Nick, what are your thoughts on are subtitles a barrier to entry for you on a movie anymore or not? No. I mean, just because of school I had to watch so many foreign films yeah. and I took a whole class specifically on French French New Wave films because that's just such a great period for film history. And I like I like a, a lot of what the French had to do in cinema anyway. Not selling like George Michael Blues too much, but I like the way they think. Uh, they just they had a lot of really amazing stuff in like the late sixties, early seventies. And you just I think it's it's a skill. You kind of start to develop where you can quickly skim the words, but still kind of pay attention to what's going yeah. on in the, in the show. But it, a lot of it depends on the movie because if it's a slower paced movie, you have no problem quickly reading words, scanning words, and looking up. But if it's like a like an apocalypto type scenario, where uh, I know this isn't related to the topic at hand, but the the subtitles and that that's such a visual movie, and there's so much going on, and the production design is so insane that you really want to just soak in everything. And if you have to keep glancing down at subtitles, it's a little, which is why I kind of think it does benefit from the theater because if you have a huge screen in front of you, you can kind of take in more. I think when you're at home, it it seems I don't know, maybe it, I've got that backwards for some people, but I know in the theater, like when I saw um, Pan's Labyrinth in the theater. The subtitling did not bother me at all because I was able to still take in the incredible scope of that movie. See, I tend to, like, if I'm going to see a subtitle, like, if I know I want to see it, I tend to go to the theater to see it okay. just because if I... <laughs> this is bad. This is my problem. But, if, like, if I go home and watch it, I'll totally get distracted for a second and then I can't read and I'll, like, be moving around <laughs> and I'll just miss the entire movie. Yeah. Like, so that's bad. But, no, like, I tend to... Like, I have a better experience in, like, a theater with foreign films just because like you kind of have to commit to watching yeah I'm locked yeah there's in. a tendency I think <laughs> among people now to look check your cell phone and stuff during like an English language movie because you can just hear really quickly and your brain will kind of fill in the gaps right. of what the screen is showing but in a foreign language film you look away and you have absolutely no idea what's happening it's funny they kind of talked about that a little bit and it's something that I was thinking when we saw uh, Only God Forgives but on the Slash Film cast they basically were just like yeah you need to go see this in the theater otherwise you're not gonna You'll never finish it's, it. Right. It's hard to get through that movie without, like, I, I'm pretty sh- I try my hardest to never look at my phone in the theater, and I 
I know I looked at my phone at least twice during that movie. In the theater. That's part of the great experience about the theater is you can kind of just zone in because, like, when I was watching, uh, when I was rewatching the Breaking Bad finale the other night with somebody who hadn't seen it yet, I was riveted and it was I'd already seen it. And she looked at her phone at one point, and I like paused it. I was like, like "What are you doing?" It? Yeah, I was like, "Are you done? <laughs> Friendship <laughs> over." Can we keep watching Breaking Bad now? Like, you got some things you have to surrender your attention to, and, yeah. and uh, subtitles absolutely do that. So. Okay. I think what I was, yeah. was going to say on uh, piggybacking off of what Tim said, though, I think that film as a as a medium is is so young, rel- relatively compared to like all, a lot of other forms of storytelling. That cave painting. We haven't. Yeah. Yeah. Can people still do that? Cave. <laughs> cave uh, storyboarding. I draw on my walls at home. I don't know if that counts. But. Uh, that reminded me of a great joke I was going to make up, but another, another time. <laughs> Uh, next joke podcast. Next, yeah, <laughs> join me for the uh, the podcast. Um, Tim, Tim, you distracted me just like you you do when you watch subtitle movies at home. <laughs> I was gonna say there, there's basically not really harm, as far as I can tell, in taking a story, a good story that someone comes up with, and just exposing a new audience to it through a language and custom with which they'll be familiar. Right. And this is gonna sound. Oh God, I'm flirting with some xenophobic sounding territory here but <laughs> never mind <laughs> I just I thank you yeah. I'll save you some editing Alex uh, no I just think that there's not really a problem it's it's totally alright no this is actually a perfect example this is non-spoilery for, for Captain Phillips but I was uh, there's a part in the movie when he's he's taking like a taxi to the ship in uh, where is he taking out from Oman yeah where is he yeah yeah when, he's, when he boards the ship it's in Oman and he's in the cab, and he's just chilling in the cab, and it was blaring this, like, you know, music from that country. I don't yeah. even know what they're speaking. And I was listening to it, and I was like, that is so obnoxious. Like, <laughs> I do not want to hear that music ever. But I was thinking, the guy in the front seat is digging it. Like, that's where he's from. <laughs> that's what he's used to. Tom Hanks is probably somewhat used to it, because he's, you know, in other countries. But I was thinking of how that, that certain people are comfortable listening to that. But if they came over here and heard our radio, people would be like, what is this crap? Yeah. And that that's fine. That's just culture. That's the way culture works. There's certain things you're raised around and you're just, it's in your, it's in your DNA basically at that point. That's what you're comfortable hearing. So if you, if you're in Thailand and you see a movie, a Thai movie, and that's, that's totally the way you were meant to see that story because it's immersed in your culture. Like if, if only God forgives was remade as an American movie, um, <laughs> it probably would actually not suffer from lack of plot any more than the original, but it would have been. It would take place, you know, in, in a in a New York like setting, probably something very visual, like like that city, and it would yeah. just be more comfortable for, comfortable for people here to see. But people in Thailand might be like, "What's that?" <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, what so was the topic? <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> let's talk about movies like that we have actually seen either both side, like both sides of, like. Something like, have you seen both sides of Funny Games? Yes. Okay, and it is just straight it's up, shot for shot. Shot for shot, different actors. One's in English. Yeah, different one's, actors. One's not. And that's kind of interesting, though, too, is to watch different actors and their takes on the same yeah. roles. I think like, I think that's an interesting way to go about it as well. Um, it's almost like theater at that point. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's kind of an experimental film, basically. Yeah. And the original is as well. Um, I'm trying to think, let me in, let the right one in. I've seen both of those. Godzilla, Broderick, Godzilla, Godzilla. <laughs> Well, what's weird about the 54 one is um, they did, they cut out, um, the original Japanese version was a lot darker. And they I cut, just bought the Criterion of it a couple months ago. And the the American version is kind of, it, it's a little, 
it's not lighter. I mean, it's lighter. Well, they shot a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. with American actors to insert into the. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, yep. So, so it's uh, almost Power like Rangers. Movie. That's kind of an interesting way. Um, I've seen Departed and Infernal Affairs. I don't remember Infernal Affairs at all. I feel bad. I remember thinking the Departed was better. Um, I think but, I've seen the Departed exactly once. Uh-huh. I liked it, but I just haven't gone back to watch it again yet. So, but, that, I think I've, I've seen both Rings. Um, yeah, like Ring Ring and Ringu, it's... <clears throat> oh, Wreck and Quarantine was another one that I forgot. That just popped okay. in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, now, now I'm just naming movies. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, I've, but a lot of it, honestly... List de- of all movies. Start at A. <laughs> depends on, of course, who... Like, I mean, obviously, who the director is. Like... I mean, I'm excited for... I probably wouldn't have been as excited... Actually, I kind of would have. If it was the Spielberg, Will Smith old boy that they were kicking around for a while, <laughs> oh. I would be excited, but not in the same way that I am to see. <laughs> yeah. Because I do like Spike Lee. Um, obviously, well, Nolan did Insomnia, right? I haven't seen the, the yeah. other yeah, version of Insomnia. Um, but with him attached to it. But with something like... Probably, I'm like Wreck and Quarantine... I don't remember who directed... Was it the same director that did Quarantine? I don't know. I have no idea. But a lot of it, yeah. The original was Spanish, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Depends on, obviously, who's directing it. If I think they're going to have a different take on it, or maybe just watching their style completely remake a different movie. Yeah, and I think that's, that's kind of one of the factors in it. Definitely. Like, there's there's so many different factors at play. Like, right. it can be interesting because of who's directing or who's starring. Right. Um, some of it's just like, like, Nick was going through a list of these earlier, and some of them were just kind of like, these were foreign remakes? Oh, like, it was a shocking amount. Yeah, so some, sometimes you don't even realize that that's what it is, and, and, you know. And it almost makes you feel, like, guilty. You're like, oh, I feel so uncultured <laughs> that I just thought this was an American movie, and it's not at all. Yeah, home. yeah, but... Um, Has anybody seen the original girl with the dragon tattoo? No, I've been meaning to watch it, but... I remember hearing largely that overall uh, the original was better, but a lot of people thought Rooney Mara was actually better. Well, and I I remember hearing that um, some people seem to think that Fincher's dragon tattoo is a little more brutal, despite the fact that it's less graphic, I think. It's just that's just the power of Fincher. I, yeah, I, I you know that's the that's the grit of of it being a, a Fincher movie. But yeah, I I, I, I I'd have to you know. What's, back inter- what's really interesting, and, actually, now that I'm looking at this list, so you know, disclaimer: I'm on Wikipedia, so who knows exactly how accurate it is? But uh, the amount of films that have been adapted uh, by America from foreign language films, the French outnumber everybody like five to one. Yeah, like it's crazy how many French movies have been remade. Well, and I think a lot some of, of Asian that, ones, it's very few. Yeah, which is which kind of surprised me because it seemed like like in the in the two thousands uh, there was this rash of Japanese films being remade. The grudge, there's a lot. Especially yeah. the there, you know, most yeah. of the Japanese ones are pretty recent. The the older ones date back to which is the ones I wanted to talk about specifically. Uh, Yojimbo being remade into Fistful of Dollars and Seven Samurai being uh, adapted into The Magnificent Seven. Which is really awesome. Both of the westerns, the well, Festival of Dollars actually isn't even. That was an Italian movie technically, but it's it's English language. Yeah. I guess in the end, it got to America in, in English, or it was made to be an English language movie. But uh, Festival of Dollars is awesome, and it totally. I, I'm sure Yojimbo's great. I've never seen it. I know you picked it up during that Criterion sale as well. And we should watch it sometime. But, uh, you know, you can chart a lot of 
film history right from that from that movie because that was the one that kind of launched Clint Eastwood into like western yeah. movies and kind of made westerns cool again in uh, in America. So there's a lot of good came out of that remake. So that's definitely a case for it being a good idea. And Magnificent Seven as well. That was like star studded, and uh, it's a it's a really great movie. And I but uh, some okay. So let's kind of look at the flip side. Is there is there a case where we feel as though the movie lost something by coming over? Well, you get. A, I mean, I can't think of any particular examples like right off the top of my head, but I seem to remember. You know, this is my. I'm clearly the uh, the least well versed in film here, just for you new listener. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it seems like a, a lot of uh, a lot of those the, the remakes that have been happening probably in, like, the last decade or so, are just... They, they did a lot of, like, films that were popular overseas, and they're like, oh, well, let's do an American version of that. Like, honestly, I think Old Boy is probably a good case of that. Uh, it's like, this one was really popular, and, you know, we're just going to do an American version, because, yeah. of course, that's going to be even better. So it, it, you're kind of entering cash-in territory there, and it's like, if you're going to remake a film, there has to... Like, why would... Like you have to kind of focus on why they're doing it too. Yeah, pick it for yeah, pick yeah. a reason behind it. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna make a uniquely American twist on the t- on the story, or if you're just gonna kind of rehash it. And I think some of it, I guess, we need to track back is basically just like somebody at a studio saw a movie and they were like, "Hey, if this were in English, it would probably make us money. Let's make this movie." Yeah. I mean, that's the business, really. Um, and then I think sometimes it also pops up where there's, like, a star that is particularly like, hey, I think I would do great in this movie, or their management is like, this is a role for you, and it hasn't come out here yet. Let's see if we can get the rights to it yeah. or something like that. But, you know, I think it's kind of interesting. I, I just... I'm wondering if there's... Um, like, if there is a case for this to not, like, for these movies to not be made. Like I can it, think of uh, several hypotheticals. Well, and I think, definitely. when, I think it's, I, I probably haven't seen a lot of the Japanese horror movies, but if I remember a lot of the argument against them was when they came over to America, they were very neutered. Yeah. It, a, a lot of mm-hmm. the violence. I, I'm thinking of The Grudge specifically. Okay. Um, I think I remember the people saying The Grudge, because Grudge was PG-13 in America. Yeah. And so when I think that's a problem. Um with certain elements taking out of it. Um, and plus, yeah, I think they just said, yeah, I don't remember the garage that much. <laughs> I don't need to. I think one of the, one of the biggest cases we already talked about was Godzilla. Because mm-hmm. the, the entity of the creature Godzilla is, is purely a cultural right. reaction to the, to the atomic bombs. Yeah. Right. Um, and there's something that's inherently lost. Like for us, it's just a monster. It's Cloverfield basically. We them. lose the allegory. Yeah, absolutely, is, but for yeah. them, it's 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 something much more intense, right? Um, so there's definitely something there that I think it would be it, when you, if you, I mean, I think that it, that's not to say that Americans would be immune to it if they went into it with that knowledge. They might be able to, as long as they could kind of think about it in that context, it might have more impact. And you could have made the '98 Godzilla movie probably an allegory about something else that <laughs> could have translated to an American audience. Yeah, which they didn't do. They just made a bad movie. They're really long, too. So. <laughs> a really long movie. It's okay, because as I've mentioned before, there's a Ben Folds 5 song on the soundtrack. There is. I had the soundtrack. Even uh, even Old Boy, in ways, and we can't talk about it too much, because Alex hasn't seen it, but there's 
there's just something culturally relevant to like an Asian culture that mm-hmm. is is a big factor in the, what that the right. whole impetus of that movie. Right. We'll, we'll have to talk about it later. Uh, yeah, I'm very interested to see what they do with Old Boy. I wonder how they're going to make it make any sense right. in, <laughs> in an American culture. Well, now here's the thing. Here's the thing about about remakes in general. I mean, remaking them. People throw more. Seem to throw more of a fit about remaking movies than they do about making books into a movies, which is kind of when you think about it, the same thing, mm-hmm. uh, just in a different form. It's. I mean, retelling stories is nothing new. I mean, we've been doing it since there have been stories. So. It's kind of what I tried to say earlier, yeah. but it took a way longer way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's in there somewhere. Yeah, it's just, yeah, this is the TLDR of TLDR. Uh, yes. Next comment. So, what, yeah, whatever, I mean, remakes, uh, I, if, if it's just, if it's somebody wanting to tell their original take on a story, <clears throat> then, then yeah, I, I think that's, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But if it's, you know, if it's one of those clearly shameless cash-in things, uh, those are kind of kind of what you want to watch out for but no i think i think i don't think it's i don't think it's uncultured or uh or silly to uh to remake a foreign film for an american audience and simply just, just strip off the yeah, subtitles if, or or to to strip away like the culture of the original film because the culture of the original film doesn't won't necessarily translate so yeah. it's it gets lost yeah, if you think, yeah. oh, was that a remake? No, um, <laughs> no. I, th- I think yeah, remaking, remaking a, a film for an American audience is is not. I, I think it's totally rational. I mean, yeah, yeah. Just think of it as like a kind of a translation. Here's an interesting one. Uh, really quickly, the movie Brothers by Jim Sheridan with Tobey Maguire and Jake Gyllenhaal. That was a remake of a Danish movie from five years earlier. And they could tie that one into American mm-hmm. culture, no sweat, with like all the you know people coming home from. Oh, and they war. did, mm-hmm. they did. So there's a that was a pretty good example of it translating nicely. But I'm I'm scrolling through this list and I'm just impressed with how many classic movies were uh, were based on foreign. I mean, like the reason I gasped super loud earlier, The Man with One Red Shoe is a remake. I don't even know what that movie is. It's with Tom Hanks. Ooh. Nope. It's a good. Uh, Tim, tell me you know what this movie is. I don't. Oh, is no. The... I know we're all Philistines. I, I think I know the poster for it. Guys, we're no, bleeding yeah. audience here. Yeah. <laughs> like, these guys know nothing. Numbers are dropping right <laughs> now. Why, why am I listening? <laughs> well, The Man of the Red Shoes is a funny movie, and it's Tom Hanks' mid-80s, and that's a remake, remake of a So movie. Happy Hanks, back when yeah, he was yeah. doing comedies. Yes. Bosom not, Buddies. Not doing uh, the Birdcage is a remake. I know The Birdcage. That's an amazing yeah. movie. <laughs> uh, Jungle to Jungle, apparently, is a remake. I'm not saying it's a classic, <laughs> but it was a remake of a French film. Uh... And how many of these are mixed, like mixed nuts with Steve Martin, like just <laughs> French? How many of these are just somebody being like, "Oh, these movies are similar." Yeah, They're it's like yeah. What I Jungle to Jungle is like this French movie, a remake or just in, maybe inspired. inspired by yeah. My Father the, the Hero was Gerard Depardieu was a remake of a French version, which he also originally. I was gonna starred. say it was, like, <laughs> it was a remake <laughs> of Gerard Depardieu's <laughs> life. I remember that? Yeah. That's pretty amazing. God, I wish I not. I remember that. I don't remember the man with the red shoe. What's interesting is I'm noticing the remakes that were made like 80s and 90s, there was like a solid, usually, not always, there's usually a solid like decade or more gap between the original. Mm-hmm. It was almost like people, maybe the instances like you were saying, Alex, like maybe Tom Hanks saw the French movie and like loved it yeah. and was like, can we make this? And nowadays it seems like a movie comes out and a year later there's an American 
remake on the Well, that's just I, part of the world. Like, yeah. we, we have more access to international Time film. is different now, yes. Yeah. I mean... It's just interesting that... Three years now is, like, 20 then. It's, I don't think people were trading movies much, on yeah. DARPAnet back in not the, not even, no, I'm, 89. I don't even think you can simplify it that much, though. I think a lot of it's just that Hollywood doesn't, doesn't want to put money into original ideas because the payoff might not be that high. If they see a movie really was a blast somewhere else, they say, we can make that work here. Oh, well, yeah. People connected with it somehow. Twelve Monkeys, amazing remake. I knew that one though. True Lies, I didn't know. That's that's crazy. All right, we're running a little long, but and this is just turning into Nick yeah. Reed's Wikipedia. Wikipedia, <laughs> our other podcast, yeah. which you can check out, Midwest Podcast Network. All right, um, yeah, I think there's I think there's more conversation to be had on this matter. Uh, maybe it'll be more applicable at a later date if we can kind of. You know, time to develop. The yeah, thought. flesh it out a little bit <laughs> yeah. more. So may, maybe, maybe when Old Boy comes out, if we do end up reviewing it, maybe we can take another stab at this. Do time. retro review of Old Boy and current review of Old Boy and save up slow. So on to our full review of <laughs> Captain Phillips. Um, so Captain Phillips, directed by Paul Greengrass of Born Fame, United '93, all that good stuff. Uh, this movie stars Tom Hanks as the uh, eponymous character. And then uh, there's a few other people, um, you know, in smaller parts. And, and we have Barkhad Abdi as Muse, or Muse. Muse. The, the lead Somali pirate. Um, so the... Are we going to uh, mention Max Martini? Martini? Yes, yeah, yeah. Max Martini. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe we wanted as to hold as, that. As soon as I saw him, I thought of you guys. Maybe, so. maybe we wanted everybody to have that revelation moment that you had, Nick. Where no, I, like, I would rather they go in prepared for the rugged manliness that will <laughs> yeah. ensue about prepare three quarters in. Yeah. Prepare your inbox. <laughs> the synopsis on IMDb says, one. The true story of Captain Richard Phillips and the 2009 hijacks, hijacking by Somali pirates of the U.S. flagged MV Marisk, Alabama, the first American... American cargo ship to be hijacked in 200 years. Well, that's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Way to go, Captain Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> what a douche. I hope he's not a listener. <laughs> <laughs> we have nothing but respect. I don't know. He might have found <laughs> us through the one who knocks. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, a, lot of, a, a lot of positive buzz for this movie. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people citing the suspense and, and you know, Tom Hanks' performance and stuff like that. So, uh, I think we will throw to Tim first. Oh, okay. Tim, how did you feel about Captain Phillips? I, do, I shook through the last 30 minutes of this movie. Like, I was, like, all over the place. I don't know if I've been, like, physically affected by a movie, like, theater-wise like that. Tim, have you been to the doctor lately? <laughs> it may have been. Have you been to Gravity lately? Uh, just, uh, no, I haven't. Yeah. So, but I was gonna say, since probably, like, United 93 was the last movie that kind of, like, I went, oh. Interesting. Also, oh. Greengrass. Yeah. Connection. Yeah, and I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> Connecting rods. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I... Is it enjoys a tough word to say about this movie? Like, but it was good. I thought it was good. And Tom Hanks is really good in it. So is um. Barkhad. Yes, when those two are on together, look out. Steamy. Yeah, very good. <laughs> like they are good. Yeah. So and yeah, I was nice to like a Tom Hanks movie again. <laughs> um, it's been a little bit. Although I like Cloud Atlas. I like Cloud Atlas. <laughs> but I, Larry Crown he made. 
and then he made like a lot of Da Vinci codes. <laughs> so, so this was this was a nice. And he's yeah, he's really good in this. I mean, I thought I mean, believe the hype, as uh, Flavor Flav would say. So. Okay. <laughs> Nick. Oh, he said, "Don't believe the hype." <laughs> to cut that joke out. <laughs> <laughs> now it's cemented forever. <laughs> All right, Nick, what did you think about Captain Phillips? Uh, I I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Like I said after the movie, I saw the trailer initially a long while back, and I was like, "This looks kind of dumb." And then as it got closer to release, I found myself being more and more interested by the idea of this movie being made. More about the the context of why this movie, why now. Uh, and then I was genuinely looking forward to it. I was pushing it a little bit when we were talking about what movie to see. And um, I liked it. I'm glad we went to see it. So uh, I have an idea for what I personally think what might have made it a little more interesting, but we'll get into that later. But I think the, the performances are all really, really solid. Even I'm glad that there's not really any huge names besides Tom Hanks and Max Martini. <laughs> there's uh, all the supporting cast, you know, down to like his, his crew members and stuff like that. They're all really solid. And mm-hmm. it's just... Uh, it's there's a little bit too heavy of a dose I think of the gr- signature Greengrass cam for me at times it was a little too wandering Greengrass seizure cam but there are <laughs> there are some absolutely gorgeous shots yeah. in this movie a lot of them being helicopter shots of just like the ocean and the ships and the way that the way that objects move in and out of frame is really really cool uh, he has a future in aerial photography I think if he wants to <laughs> to keep going with it. But yeah, I thought it was uh, it was really good. It was I was wondering how it was going to be tense for the entire runtime. When I saw how long it was, I was like, "Holy cow, how is this going to be gripping?" But uh, yeah, overall, it was pretty great. And yeah, Tim, like you said, the the last bit is pretty yeah pretty darn intense. Yeah, it's cool. Even though you probably know the outcome if you followed. The oh, leaders. I knew. Yeah, going into it, like, I just... I remember telling you guys, Alex and Alex, or maybe it was Alex and Willie. We recorded last time, like how how it ends. <laughs> we were yeah. talking about you, like I don't know, and I was like. Oh, bro, you didn't hear? And I'm like, <laughs> bro, bro. <laughs> yeah. So I think I might have ruined it. Legendary tale of Navy SEAL badass. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's what I think. Yeah, right. well. Gojo, I, did Captain Phillips hijack your heart? <laughs> um, or did he resist it? <laughs> we all know he's Or did he, did he lay down? No, I'm not going to. I was about to drop a spoiler um, of real life events. Uh, I... <clears throat> Well, I it, it was a good movie, um, and uh, it, it I was you know I was I was hooked throughout, but it didn't really um, didn't really go beyond like really good for me, like of, of what I would expect a movie to do for me. Um, I mean, yeah, it had me. It had. It was, that's not what a movie can do for you. <laughs> but that's what I you can do for the movie. I, I was gonna say I bought the ticket, but I didn't. So <laughs> uh, that's about all I can do. Zing. For the movie. <laughs> wah, wah. Uh, no, no, yeah, it was. Um, I mean, it was for me kind of. And I don't want to say textbook, but like every everything the movie intended to hit for me, it totally hit. But it didn't really go above. Or so beyond my expectations. If you were grading it in elementary school, you what would is hit, the, what is like you would the, hit the meets expectations? Yeah, column. what is like the most the the most middle of the road? You did a good job grade, like maybe like a B B plus. I would be yeah, like B plus. Okay, maybe a low A minus. I mean, it was it was good. I don't. I it just there's nothing really wrong Stand with out. it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the shaky cam. Uh, really, I, I, I don't care for shaky cam. Interestingly enough, I per, think... Particularly when it's like, 
extreme close-up of somebody's face, and it's like so boom, many boom, boom, boom. extreme close-ups. It's like middle of earthquake recording, and I, I really don't care for that. I don't I don't get it. Um, but I mean, those that was really the only point with me. Where It'd be it funny like, if he tried to tone it down, and he just got totally screwed over by the sea. <laughs> He's like, guys, we're totally nixing the shaky cam in this yeah, movie. Greengrass is like, I'm done with shaky cam. And, and then, like, oh, God oh, damn it. This, ocean. This giant ocean liner is shakier than I thought the it would Steadicam does nothing out here. Tom Hanks, please <laughs> please drive more carefully. Um, <laughs> Tom Hanks is so method, he just drives. <laughs> he just, <laughs> yeah. just say, I had the most amazing mental image of Tom Hanks on the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> the giant steering wheel of the ship. No, it was, yeah, it was... It was enjoyable. The last, the end of the film, even though I knew exactly what was going to happen, it was like super tense. But at the same time, I was one. The whole time, I was wondering, is this really what? What was how, like? Are are you just you're you're popping in flair here? I know you're you're, you're sprucing this up. How much the, of it's Hollywood magic? Yeah. yeah um, so no, it was yeah, it was good. Um, just wasn't uh, mind blowing for me. Okay. Yeah, I kind of walked out of this movie not really knowing exactly <laughs> what I wanted to say about it. Um, I I I think it was quite good. It's effective at being tense. I I personally I bite at my fingernails and nail beds a lot and I they were destroyed by the end of the movie. <laughs> so, I actually noticed at one point all three of us were chewing our nails. Yeah, and yeah. so, you know, it clearly does a good job of that. But um I do that when I'm driving though, so it's really not like a reaction for me. It's just I get hungry. Well, no, I, I, like me too. I, you know, I try to deny that it's stress, but it's sometimes it is stress, and I think this movie was a was a good case of that. Um, a great performance by Tom Hanks. Um, green. It's interesting because I, I this isn't the. I think this isn't the most Greengrass movie that we got this year. I think Elysium was a little bit thicker on the shaky cam, but um, so I kind of commend him for you know toning it down a little bit, especially because uh, kind of what I want to talk about here is that I know with the Bourne movies in particular, the idea of the shaky cam uh, forget about what I usually say the shaky cam is for, which is hiding right. actors that don't know how to fight and special <laughs> effects um, but people like it because it's frenetic and the fights of Bourne, it kind of puts you in the fight uh, I think it's interesting to see this movie after Gravity because I feel as though I was more along the ride for Gravity than I was for Captain Phillips. Absolutely. I think um, Captain Phillips kind of does this interesting job of putting what's occurring on the film. Like, you see it happening before you, but it doesn't... It never really quite pulled me into the point where I felt like I was a member on the ship. I didn't... It's 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 interesting, and and I, these are two different movies trying to accomplish completely different things, but I just think it's an interesting juxtaposition to kind of take a look at, um, and 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 seeing what the filmmaking the filmmaking difference between the two, like you know, I it, like seeing as Greengrass does a good job of usually putting you in these situations. I feel as though he didn't do that as well in this movie as he has done in the past. Um, other things I wanted to note, uh, <laughs> Henry Jackman's score could have been written by Hans Zimmer, and apparently they have done a lot of work together, uh, particularly on The Da Vinci Code, The Dark Knight, and uh, a few of other a few other things. But um, <laughs> it, it, it felt very Hans Zimmer to me, and that's not a bad thing, and I think it fit the movie pretty well. The only blatant ripoff, in my opinion, was 
the basic rearrangement of time from Inception at the end of the movie. It was that was very distracting to me. But other than that, you know, it was a, it was a pretty you know the score fit the movie, and that's always good. Um, but yeah, it, it, I I think this movie is getting a lot of praise. And I wouldn't say that it's undeserving, but it feels like it's, uh, maybe, maybe it's because it's like the only movie that came out this weekend or something like that. This is a really good Tom Hanks performance though, too. This is probably his best performance. You uh, think so? I think so. Really? I think, yeah, I, think, I, think I think the, I think at the end of the film. We'll get into the spoilers. Was, yeah. yeah. I think oh, I was, he was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the very, very final scene with it. Oh yeah. Like it. Oh, that was incredible. Yeah. That and was, I, I was yeah. choking up. Yeah, I thought was this good. was... I mean, after he shot all the pirates himself. After, yes. after Seagal taught him how to neck snap, and yeah. he just... And then and he, he jumped on the, uh, the piano on the ground. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and, and then, then he left from the cargo pl- the cargo ship, and it exploded. <laughs> Guys, spoilers! And he was dead the whole time. No! <laughs> <laughs> it was a dream. And, okay, so... so and it, I didn't think maybe that has something to do with it. it I, try, I try not to read a lot of reviews before I, before <laughs> I see or review a movie myself. Uh, so so maybe I'd have to go out there and see what people are actually saying about it. But, you know, it, I, 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 I don't want to downplay the fact that the movie is good, but I just feel like it's getting a lot of a lot of praise. Uh, and, and I don't know if it deserves all of it, but it, it is a good movie. It's I, probably just a case of, uh, come on, let's pump the brakes here a little bit. Yeah, um, and, I, you know, I kind of personally have no investment in the story. I don't. I, I don't really remember hearing about it on the news, but I know it happened and that kind of thing. So it, I kind of had that disconnect from it, and it didn't. Maybe that's part of why I wasn't there with Paul Greengrass watching, you know, while I was in the movie. But you know, it's it's interesting because kind of I, I looked at uh, Rotten Tomatoes and it has such a high rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but that really could mean everybody gave it a six out of ten, and it was positive technically. And That's so because true. everybody yeah. liked it enough, I do think Hanks' performance is the only thing getting any serious, serious praise. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I know one reason I actually really, really liked it more than I thought I would is because it's nice to see an American movie involving the military that's not political in nature. Yeah. Like, it doesn't involve terrorism, so to speak, or, like, war, or any, like... There's the bad guys. Let's go hunt them and nuke them down and no and spread it on. It's just <laughs> it's it's nice. There's a con. I mean, it's not nice. There's a conflict, but it's cool that there's a conflict and the military's involved and it's not some global mm-hmm. earth shattering like nations at each other's throat event. It's, and it still does a good job of being intense and right. And it's yeah. like here's bad guys doing bad things. Let's try to stop them and save. Is that the name of the next Die Hard movie? I don't know. <laughs> but one of the things that and some people have touched about this this on the review is that they weren't the the hijackers, the pirates weren't completely just like he didn't make them into like mustache like twirling. Like, that's yeah. true. They, that's they true. were very humanized. I mean, they, I, weren't, I, they I, weren't good people, but they were just they were doing a job for their bosses to do. Everybody was just kind of doing their job there. It, I kind of question how much the humanizing of, of the pirates worked for me in the movie, but I do. That's the, the biggest mo- thing I want to talk about. The, the movie that. the movie attempts to do that, and I think that's better than a lot of other movies do. Um, uh-huh. uh, it, I'll, I'll say real quick, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, the consensus is smart, powerfully acted, and incredibly intense. Captain Phillips offers filmgoers a Hollywood biopic done right, and offers Tom Hanks a showcase for yet another brilliant performance. So, oh. it kind of hits all the points that we... That we <laughs> 
Okay. I think the other the other tiny thing with with how intense it is is because it's it's not something we've ever really seen before in a movie. Like it's it was pretty interesting to watch this boat like like nautical stuff by nature it can be pretty tense just because the ocean is like there's nothing. It's out man there. versus it's, environment. It's, yeah, it's part of why Jaws is still so endearing because when you're out there, that's it. And uh, he even has the line in the movie at some point where he says like it's, it's just us out here basically. Yeah, the first and mate. The, the know, first mate's like once we get here. Mm-hmm. And watching the actual, the whole boarding sequence is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just so intense. And, uh, yeah. That's, I'll stop. I don't know. I think uh, the Life Aquatic and that pirate scene is still <laughs> my favorite portrayal of pirates taking a boat. But, <laughs> Life Aquatic. So we good. We should stop before we start on no. Life Aquatic. Actually, this episode is now a review of the Life Aquatic. <laughs> Shifting right. gears. Any, any, uh, any final thoughts on Captain Phillips before we move into spoilers? Hopefully it'll springboard them to make a Blu-ray Criterion release of Life Aquatic. Uh, Been, waiting have, have, <laughs> Been waiting on that for years. Have, have we, I mean, without getting too deep into the topic, have we looked into how historically accurate this film is? Well, I, kind of the biggest backlash story that's come out is that some of the crew members have, have stated that Captain Phillips in this movie appears to be much more in control and kind of, uh, uh, he... He wants to be more prepared for the threat at hand, whereas in real life, he supposedly just didn't really give a crap about the threat of pirates or anything. He was much more of a Zisu than he was <laughs> any other kind of Phillips. <laughs> yeah, than the Phillips that was in this yeah, movie. But I, kind of from what I read, the uh, the actual like everything regarding like the boarding, like how they were boarded and taking the captain in the lifeboat and the time the time window the time sensitive window of we have to do something the, before the, he gets to Somalia the broad strokes are probably all in place yeah. but I, like the, obviously if they, the, the seal uh, the seal activity was is legit yeah them them taking captain phillips and making him you know maybe they made him more likable quote unquote but also kind of setting up the tension of like ooh he kind of feels that something could be coming that's kind of a mechanical device yeah. From from just kind of a you know yeah like, that could and and plus if you if you're not on Captain Phillips' side from the beginning then are you going to care when he gets taken by pirates anyways yeah so obviously it's Hollywood it's movies yeah this is movies this is movies yeah <laughs> all right um yeah I think that's about it for non spoilers so we are going to head into spoiler Terry as we call it here on the Midwest <laughs> Filmmakers Podcast. That's where we spoil Terry. Most, most <laughs> we buy him gifts. So we will be right back after this break. If you want to listen to spoilers, stay uh, stay tuned. If not, we'll see you next week. And don't read the news probably from yeah, that time period. Go go back uh, if you're listening <laughs> to this in 2008 and you haven't. Uh, <laughs> heard of these events yet because they haven't occurred turn off your news don't try to stop them anyway yeah yeah how are we reviewing this movie still (gasps) we'll be right back Alright, we're back in spoiler Terry. I'm gonna throw it to Nick. You cool. got some spoilers you wanted to talk about. Yes, uh, my only real real 
big criticism for the movie was the entire like opening scene with Catherine Keener. I was like, chop this off. Like, oh yeah, 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 don't need. Totally. Not only because it was really nauseatingly. Why shot, is that a spoiler? It's the first minute. Of the movie. Why, why do I need Tom Tom Hanks's right cheek, bridge of his nose, and glasses frame in a shot? Poorly was, acting out a really yeah, it's weird because it doesn't that was it doesn't, terribly written. It doesn't yeah, really terribly. It doesn't really even. It's weird. I liken this back to Prisoners. Maybe the first, like the first scene of Prisoners. I think you could go and watch that and kind of think great about, scene about how to think, establish. A think family. about think about like what what is going on. Uh, and I'm saying like the one in the car. I don't even. know. I think you came in in the middle of that that scene because you had to park or something like that. But um, no, we were no, we were there for. The, oh wait, Prisoners. Prisoners. Oh, okay, yeah. never mind. Um, it, like the the first scene with with uh, Hugh Jackman's character and his son in the car. Uh, I think there it informs something later. Like you can you can watch that scene the second time through, and it could mean something different. This scene and Captain Phillips, I don't feel as though it's them commenting on anything that happened. It had, later it had on nothing to do with the coming events. It was basically him just talking about. Oh, it's like, I, I hey, we he has kids. a family. We have kids, and I don't know what they're going to do for their lives. It's. Who does? Like, come on. It was bad. And it, it's so weird because the movie, actually, and this is one of the things I was going to bring up, is the movie's so good at building the character through his actions that it was so weird, like, later on in the movie, that it was so weird that the first scene of the movie is them just talking about stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. like I mean, that scene was accomplished later in the scene where he writes an email to her and listens to Eric Clapton. You like, could have just had that. That and I would have been like, oh, enough. his nameless, faceless wife is on the other end. That makes sense. Right. He's got a wife. Like, right, because they never show her again, really. I mean, they might show a picture. It doesn't even do a good job of setting up in the end when he finally breaks and is like, I'm going to write a note to my family. Like, it didn't, didn't help that That scene was, that was kind of dumb, too. Yeah. Yeah, that was, was one of those things where I'm like, uh, is that legit <laughs> or are we just, is, is this Hollywood? I mean, basically, that, that opening Let's scene was strings. like transplanted from like Clear and Present Danger. And instead of Harrison Ford and Ann Archer, we have Tom Hanks and Kevin Keener. Yeah, that Keener, was and it was an just, extreme shaky close up. That was, <laughs> see, that's, it was just a dumbly shot scene. It was like second unit. It was like, oh shit, we have an hour before call. Take take the car and Tom and go it's shoot like, yeah, a scene. Tom, Tom, Kevin, we got to get to set. Can we just knock this one off real quick? Why was, why was Kevin Keener in this movie? Right. Anyway, that's, Not, that's I, my I like, only... I like Catherine Keener, but... Oh, yeah, me too, No, for but sure. yeah, it's, it was... But that was... It's like, the, it's like the second or third recognizable face in the film. You're like, what? Yeah. She's she's literally in this for the car ride to the airport, and that's it. Yeah, you don't you don't even get any of the... For the fact that the movie's two hours and 15 minutes long, you don't even get any of the other side. Like, you don't... There's no cuts to her, like, looking at news and being I'm like... I'm so glad I like that. though. I'm I so like glad. <laughs> but, it, and I'm, I'm saying, not, not that it's... I don't think the movie needed that, but if you're going to have... If you're going to cast somebody in the role, like, you would think that that would occur at some point, or something like yeah, that. I would have, like, rolled my eyes and been like, in the theater <laughs> if they had that scene of her at home on the couch, like, on the phone with her mom, and being like, I don't know. And just like the news, and I would have just been like, oh, no, it just, it just, and general room, and general room. It just ripped you right out of the film, honestly. Yeah. But my that, big, my big, uh, my big idea for the movie that I think might have made it a little bit more powerful to me was, and they they started down this road. Is it like the place beyond the pines where you think you should shift the timeline? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's <laughs> still a great idea. But, uh, <laughs> No, I think that it would have been really, really cool because the movie, in, in the end, is about three captains, I think. And it would have been really badass if the first act was all about Captain Phillips and him trying to keep his ship safe and failing. 
And then if the second act had focused on Yusei and him, like, trying to keep his people's sanity together and, like, maybe some inner... Because they had a few moments that were so good between him and the captain, and he had that killer line at the end where the captain was like, there's got to be something besides being a fisherman or being a hijacker. And he's like, no. Not, he's like, not, maybe in America. Yeah. And I was like, that's kind of a cheesy line, but no, it's so no, true. That was, yeah. <laughs> and, like, focus on that for the second act. Like, make the lifeboat interesting, because I could not wait for the lifeboat stuff to get done. Like, in the second act, I was really bored. But if you really put me in the shoes of that character for a little bit and make me, like, more bummed out and, like, more sympathetic. Because, like you said, they, they really started down that road with the opening scenes of him in Somalia and stuff. I was like, this yeah. is kind of interesting. You see that he lives in a shitty spot, too. Or, like, like Captain Phillips says, we all have bosses. And I was like, this is interesting. But then they just turn into scumbags in the end. And I'm like, I hope they all die. And it yeah, would have been much more interesting <laughs> if the second act uh, was about him. And then the third act, they started on the road of focusing on the battleship captain a little bit, because he obviously has this really intense decision to make, because they basically implied, like, if you can't get Captain Phillips out of there, you just got to sink the lifeboat and kill everybody aboard. Like, it seemed pretty blatant that that was... They well, no, it was. It's it's basically if you don't fix this, we're gonna bring in we're gonna bring in the big boys. And so, like, this is on you right now. And if you if you can't if you fail, then well, screw you. Basically, I think it was, was even more grim than that. Like they were not no. They, going, there was. I mean, they weren't gonna they weren't gonna sink the lifeboat. I mean, otherwise they wouldn't have brought in the seals to do it. They would have just shot it down. I but, think that that no. I mean, that was the that was the ultimatum, pretty much. Like that's what I got from it was that they were like, if this reaches the coast, like. It's all it's all yeah. screwed basically. Like Captain Phillips cannot reach Somalia because they won't ransom him. They won't de- negotiate with them. They're like he has to. Um, well, and I think even some from the government standpoint was like we don't want to legitimize the Somalian right. warlord. Yeah, absolutely. By giving him this pawn. So I, I think it would have been really cool if the movie had almost not been Captain Phillips, but more like about the conflict on the whole. Because I think that Captain Phillips was good. They made a good character out of him. Tom Hanks did a good job playing this kind of Jack Ryan-ish character in this movie. But I think it would have been a really, really interesting that might a really interesting movie that might have got a little more attention if it had almost had multiple protagonists, like different captains struggling with their various different scenarios that are all overlapping. And even maybe even in place of the battleship captain, uh, Max Martini's character maybe, because he obviously had to jump in and like try to find a way to save the day. You could have even introduced the third act, had him at home just chilling with, like, his family and getting the phone call being like, holy shit, we need you. And, like, I don't know. It would have been really... I think it could have been a cooler movie if they had, if it had been a little less point A to point B. And I'm not saying it was bad for that, but it might have been something that might have... A little more unique. Yeah. That was the, it didn't... It, the, at it's no point like a Jack the Ryan movie, movie, didn't it? It didn't really feel, ever feel unique to me. I mean, maybe yeah. it is, but I, did, I wasn't... I never felt it. Like, how cool would it have been if Captain Phillips got taken aboard the lifeboat, and they're like, oh my god, and then like, the second act started, and it was, like, scenes in, like, Somalia, and you're like, what the hell? And it's stuff that took place before the hijacking, and then you get a little bit of Musa's back. You do want an unconventional timeline in this movie. <laughs> I guess I do. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just Not saying, every movie, Nick. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think it might have made it... I don't know. Because I guess it was that second act where I really started to feel fatigued, and I was like, I'm slogging through the timeline now. Oh, yeah. no, no, the second act could have been tired. The thing with the second act, it was, it was, it was, I don't know, felt like three hours of them on the lifeboat and just, uh, the big guy wants to kill Tom Hanks and it's like, the little guy is crying about his foot and the driver's like, can we all just please calm down? (laughs) And then, I'm gonna turn this boat around. (laughs) If you kids, and then, and then, uh, Muse is just like, it's all right. Everything all right, and he's looking. He's looking between the various warring factions. And he's like, oh shit! What? I just gotta calm them down. 
It's like no other for you, or you know, it's, it's it was very. It was just Greengrass trying to put you in a moment of being like, God, I feel like I've been on this ship the days for days because I'm bored. That, yeah, that was what it was. <laughs> no, he did. It was he just did <laughs> Greengrass is stretching the movie. His actual out. direction of the story and the actors was really good. Like, oh, Bluegrass. Did I? Paul, insert color here, grass. Uh, no, he did a really great job with direction in this one, and I think there's been a lot of other movies where I didn't feel it so much. <laughs> Pause for Alex to finish. <laughs> I'm crying right now. Alex is Alex here. Alex is here. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of Paul Bluegrass. Yeah, his brother who directs like low rent Paul Greengrass movies, like Captain Phillips. He works for Asylum and Deliverance. Yeah. Uh, okay, alright. Okay. <laughs> All momentum is gone. Yeah, now that I've destroyed this spoiler set, spoiler Terry. <laughs> no, I will say, as far as as far as kind of romanticizing, I don't know about romanticizing, but kind of humanizing the the yes, pirates. I, I fell in love with music. Yes, he was his his def- his well defined bone structure. <laughs> <laughs> his malnourished movements. <laughs> anyway. But it was. I hope they're not listeners. No, <laughs> no, we love you. Honestly, guys, we loved your performance, but <laughs> we're just, it's all they get with our entitlement. <laughs> we, we, we are enemy of the states and Somalia. <laughs> oh no! I'm captain now. I just I, the, the, it it they they did try to humanize them to a point, and it it there were parts where they, it almost felt like they were going too far for me because I mean, obviously these guys have have fucked up lives, and you know to the point where. Yes, I understand. Probably they're not holding, they're not in control of how they have to live their lives. But it's like, come on, they're they're still bad guys. I mean, there's really no getting around that. They're yeah, and they're clear. Clearly, they love this. Uh, I mean, it felt to me anyway. So like when they mm. made attempts to humanize them, they're like, I I I, I, just I wasn't totally uncomfortable with it, but I'm like, come on. I feel like they never reached the point where they got me to be like, wow, they really had no other. No, it, I don't. I, I don't. And I'm honestly, I'm glad they didn't. They didn't really take that route for me because I'm like, oh, come on, still bad people they're, they're doing bad yeah. things. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. There's, it's there's the kind of romanticizing of of bad people. I I just I don't I don't like it honestly. It maybe I'm old fashioned, but <laughs> uh, yeah. I like my I like people. my villains to be one dimensional. <laughs> well, I think a lot of it, a lot of that is really applicable to prisoners because there's so many morally questionable things that happen in that movie, and so many gray areas, and you can't really condemn or condone either way. At least I felt like watching it, I couldn't. Do you know what I'm saying, Alex? Since you saw it as well. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to make the... Com- like, are you saying... Are you saying, like... like I, mean, I, I don't I don't think we get the shades of gray that Prisoners has in... in, in I'm just talking broadly books. about the notion of maybe... The idea of, as Alex said, romanticizing bad guys. Like, I mean, well, for, and, for all we know in, in, real, in the real world, they weren't that bad. Maybe uh, they are. And they go out of their way. That was part of what I liked and what I found so intense about it was they go out of their way to not kill anybody. I mean, both sides. That was what was interesting about it to me. But part of the uh, part of why I liked it so much it was interesting to me see like different ways like no one was going to die. 
like throughout the movie. It was nice. I wish Captain Phillips was on a Star Trek, the Starship Enterprise, the new Star Trek movies, because it was nice to see someone care about his fellow shipmates. <laughs> but um, no. what are you hinting at? <laughs> but that was what was interesting. Confirmed, Tom Hanks in Star Trek Three as Captain Phillips. <laughs> but that ship went through Bermuda Triangle. He ended up in future. <laughs> But that's what made it, that's that's what worked for me. It made it so intense for me throughout most of it was was seeing the different ways like they were going to survive this without any weapons on board or yeah. just kind yeah. of coming up with different ways and watching the two captains try to save the people that are under their command or whatever. Yeah. So that's why I kind of liked it. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. That was good. Tim, you don't, <laughs> have to, you don't have to feel bad about that. I don't feel bad. Anymore. No, it was, it was... I feel it was bad, bad that I don't have anything else to say. No, no you've said more than, than me for that matter. <laughs> um, I see what you're saying, Tim. Thanks. <laughs> I agree. No, I, I think... Yeah, I think it was interesting that the movie managed to still totally put you on edge. Uh, and, I mean, it was still totally tense, but you knew... You knew that no, you knew who was going to die. I mean, you knew yeah. who was going to get shot, who was going to do the shooting, and you knew nothing else was going to happen. It's like I, I know they're not going to kill. They're not going to kill Phillips. Nobody on the ship's going to die. Uh, yeah, and and despite that, everything that's happening, I'm like, oh. yeah, it was super tense. Yeah, it was. That was that was one of the parts that was really well done. Is taking taking the story where the outcome is just totally fixed. And still managing to make it feel fresh. Um, what was I going to say? <laughs> maybe I'm wrong, though, because maybe it didn't work. Because I had a weird theater-going <laughs> experience. Because maybe, like, humanizing didn't work. Because as soon as they get shot at the end, three of the uh, pirates get shot in the head at the end, the theater burst in applause. <laughs> like, like just like, yeah! yeah that <laughs> and was, I was sitting here going like, Ugh. That was interesting <laughs> that, you know... But this is all, the cry. I wanted to say they also <laughs> laughed like someone giggled at Djibouti, the, the Republic of Djibouti. <laughs> oh, so that's the kind of theory you're right. <laughs> was, okay. was there some point where where our crowd laughed near the end of the movie? There were a couple. It, like, what am I thinking of? There was I something. It, I mean, it, it was probably just there were two lines Tom Hanks had that I remember elicited some laughter. I mean, it was but probably was something just like though. a kind of. He, yeah. he made like a like a silly little offhand joke, and it's such a nervous situation that it couldn't help but laugh at it. But no, that I, th- I thought there was one where I was just like, "Why? How could people possibly be laughing at this right now?" <laughs> I seemed to vaguely. Oh, there was the uh, "I Love America" moment. People laughed at. Oh yeah, when they captured right. Muse below deck. Yeah, that uh, was pretty funny. Uh, yeah. uh, that that that's funny, but that was like an uncomfortable moment. <laughs> But it was it was kind of like this one we're having right now, uh, <laughs> kind of like this podcast. Made, yeah. made, made, made me laugh. Yeah, it's all down. Alex's tears are just the the levy breaks and the, the podcast. Is, it's the podcast is drowned. I mean, it wasn't yeah. funny for him. <laughs> Musay did not think it was. Funny. It I love Musay. Uh, I wish Musay was the captain of the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> I get the no. <laughs> oh, he could be captain because in the last movie they made everybody captain. They probably made be safe. But what, what you were saying about everybody getting shot in the dome, like you hear this, just, Bob Orsi? <laughs> I'm sorry. It was just, uh, it was, it was like a relief, and you were like, hell yes, yeah, totally, you were like hell totally, yeah by yeah. that point. But I think that that kind of goes along with what I was saying earlier. With they, they set up a good way to kind of humanize the pirates, or at least make them more than one dimensional Jack Ryan villains. Mm-hmm. But then they kind of stumbled and just gave up. Okay. Like in the it's second, got act. Jack Ryan on the brain right now. 
Well, it's it's a total Jack Ryan movie. Like if you've ever <laughs> seen Patriot Games or Clear. No, Jack Ryan fights back. Yeah. Sure. That's, this is yeah. Air Force One on the sea, basically with less fighting back. By that I mean none. <laughs> but, but no fighting. Back. Um, but like the scene where he's leading, so it's not the, like scene, Air Force One. the scene where he's lo- like leading them through deck, yeah. and like that's straight from Air Force One. Yeah. I know this may have happened in real life, probably not, but uh, there are so many beats in this movie that are just very Tom Clancy. And I'm not saying I'm not criticizing the movie at all. Like I, I, plainly, I liked it, but I've also got Jack Ryan on the mic because the new one's coming out yeah. this year, and I and I really hope it's good. But uh, it just felt a lot like like I had joked last night. I said if this, I I was like, man, I want to see the version of this made in 1987 that starred Harrison Ford and Ann Archer and was called Jack Ryan, Captain Jack Ryan. <laughs> it very much had that vibe to it. It was kind of the character of the character of Captain Phillips for the purposes of a movie felt like he was modeled after Harrison Ford's Jack Ryan, I guess is the TLDR of that. Well, if I he, think if he, he is kind of an arrogant douchebag in real life who was caught with his pants down by a bunch of Somalians, or like by four Somalians, um, that may or may not be what actually happened. But for the purposes of the movie, it felt a lot like Harrison Ford played it. Well, Couldn't have done nearly as good a job. I mean, Hank's... That final scene, can we talk about the final scene for just this point? Oh, yeah. <laughs> make it, make <laughs> it quick. We're over uh, the the coolest thing I read about it was that uh, the woman who was the paramedic is a real Navy paramedic, and she was so starstruck by Tom Hanks that she was like nervous and like laughing during the first take. And Tom was like telling her jokes to calm her down. And then they shot that scene. Like, how did anything <laughs> funny follow that acting? Yeah, it was such a realistic portrayal of a shock victim, right? And someone who was in relative control the whole time, and you were used to being relatively calm under duress, to see them finally just. All that tension of the last like, two or three days just comes spilling out in that insane scene. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. It was really something. And it was, for a moment, I kind of caught myself checking myself. I'm like, are you just getting caught up in the cheese of the movie? But then I thought about it and I was like, no, it was really, really good. Was well, it just the fact that you were hearing time by him? I got a little, little <laughs> misty eyed. Yeah. No, it was just killer. No, honestly, I think, I think. I mean, not that Hanks, not that Hanks wasn't wasn't great in this film, but I think all of the praise that he's being heaped that is being heaped upon his performance is is, is that. that last scene is is the end of the lifeboat segment and then him back on the navy. I well, think the movie leaves you on that, so that's yeah. That's I mean, what obviously, a lot of it leaves a lot, and it's theater. it's he's amazing. I mean, just so good in those in that scene. But I mean, yeah. I think that's that's because the rest of the time, I think he's pretty much and the, yeah, he's. He's, he's the same he's, character he's that he played in Bosom Buddies. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> the money exactly. pit. Like, yeah. We, uh, we, I think we touched on this before with another movie, but I think a big factor also is that the, the longer an actor is established, the longer their career goes on, it eventually becomes a little bit harder, I think, to buy into them. Yeah. Regardless of how good an actor they are. And I know we talked about this with Elysium, with Matt Damon. It was, it was always hard. Ben Affleck for Batman, too, yes. a little bit. And, uh... When this movie started, I was like, it's Tom Hanks. And, like, I heard his voice, and I'm like, he's putting on a little bit of an accent, like, but it's Tom Hanks. And, like, he looks like Tom Hanks, he sounds like Tom Hanks. And by the end of the movie, I was like, oh, my God, Captain Phillips, be okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was totally totally beyond the Tom Hanksiness of Tom Hanks, which is is really hard, because not only has he been around forever, and we know him for a ton of stuff, but he's a funny guy, and he does a lot of comedy stuff. And I see him on Reddit, like taking pictures on a drunk guy's cell phone and like yeah. leaving them there for him to find like the the person, the man, the myth, the celebrity of Tom Hanks is so big. And for him to be able to overcome that and still be so damn good is very, very telling, I think. So what you're saying is you wanted Tom Hanks and Elysium. No, we wanted Tom Hanks as Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Both if possible. Alright. I think that's about it, unless anybody has any final thoughts. I have no final thoughts. America Tim, you want you say that? 
in another movie. Captain, oh, yeah. That's Captain Musa. <laughs> do you think he'll oh have a career after this? This movie? I, no. Not here. No. Not here. <laughs> no. no. I, in African cinema. Yeah. I mean, as perhaps a Somali character actor, then I think definitely. Not that, not that he's a bad actor. I just think he is well-defined bone structure. Maybe being the Captain Phillips prequel. <laughs> no, seriously, Captain Musa spinoff. His, his Greek he ship that he a, took down yeah. for $6 million? Yeah, or or 40 years from now when he comes out of prison. He gets yes. revenge. So he yeah. hijacks the White House. Oh. <laughs> and he gets out at the same time as Kwame. <laughs> yeah, he, he and Kwame team up. I'm president. Oh, right. man, you say I love a medic. <laughs> All right. We are totally off the rails. <laughs> Tim wins. Uh, Tim wins this week's podcast. <laughs> what, are we, what are we reviewing next week? I think Paul Bluegrass wins this week. <laughs> Classic Nickism. Next week is uh, being decided. We we are not. What do you got? You got Carrie TBD? or uh, Carrie or the Escape Plan? Oh, yes, big decision. Pretty much, <laughs> big decision. If you want, let us know on our Facebook. Uh, search for Midwest Filmers Podcast. Let us know what you would want to hear between Carrie or the Escape Plan. Um, um, Ballistic X versus Sever Retro Review. Too. Yes, That's, throw that in there. Yeah, so one of those three. Let's table that one. Um, at Mr. John <laughs> okay. on Twitter. Thank you, my brother, for our artwork and music. He is my actual brother. I'm not just like I'm not. He's not your brother. I'm He's not. Your... I'm not Hulk Hogan or anything. But. Um, <laughs> Do oh, not Twitter at MFN Podcast. Uh, you can find our Twitter pages, our respective Twitter pages, on MidwestFilmNerds.com, where you can also find full show notes. If you want to skip over me crying about Paul Bluegrass, <laughs> you I mean, don't. You almost couldn't even you say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, review us and rate us on iTunes. Maybe listen to another episode as well, just in case you want to get a more average uh, perspective of how the show usually goes. <laughs> But uh, other than that, uh, Kyle XY and go watch a movie.